Okay, Jack. Come on out. The riot is over. If I'm gonna have to come in and get you, I'm gonna get you. to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Man, this is Spooksville. All right, everybody. Uh, welcome to the show tonight. Uh, we have a new guest with us for the first time, uh, my friend Tony. He's got some good stories uh, from his own experience and uh, a few others to share with us. He's got a he's got a good batch going back quite a few years. So, uh, Tony, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you very much. Um, so, uh, go ahead and walk us right in. I know you've you've put together a pretty good timeline for us. Right, there is a timeline, uh, but I'm not going to go back. You know, to my, you know, to a a time when I can reflect as a baby looking back in old past life. You know, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Even though you know, I might believe in reincarnation, I'm, I'm not going to talk about past lives because I don't really know the first thing about it. And we don't have a Ouija board here, so I can't can't that's, really reflect that, on it. That's good, man. I'm anti Ouija board. <laughs> and Ouija boards are bad. I remember my first experience with a Ouija board was, uh, you know, growing up in was like eight or nine, and I just remember going to a room where people were using one, and then suddenly there was a lot of screaming and people <laughs> people ejecting themselves from rooms and in the houses, and that's that was my and I I've been warned to stay away from them over the years because it's a it's a it's a tool that you don't want to mess with because mm-hmm. they because they really work they actually work yep and um, so I haven't I haven't done that um, my mother was a uh, she's a she considered herself a super sensitive lady she grew up in Albany uh, New York and one of her earliest memories is of a uh, her grandfather's uh, grocery store and she would be on the second floor uh, watching uh, the same little girl ghost uh, combing her hair out in a mirror you know in the same room and this is a one of those hauntings that the girl does everything but uh, interact with mortals. So, uh, you know, mom had a gift. She said uh, when I was born, I had, you know, I was the firstborn. She said, you're, you know, you've got my gift. You've got my hands. You know, your, your great-grandmother, you know, recognized it for what it was and said that you, you have, uh, you know, a, a special ability. And, you know, you don't take, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Okay, it's your mom. You know, she's going to try to flatter you no matter what. <laughs> and uh, not that I knew what to do with it, but uh, I certainly tell you what uh you know over life some of the things that really stick out are the times uh where you can um you know predict kind of try to predict the future or you know uh when to step into a situation and diffuse something that uh, is inevitably you know very wrong or, or very dangerous and uh there's been several of those uh situations in my life that i can reflect on as a matter of fact there was a time in my life when i'd have dreams at night and i could uh uh, these dreams would come true the next day or the next the following day, and that uh, that all stopped and sometime in college. And I don't know why. I don't know if I turned a corner somewhere. If I grew up, I got a knock on the head. You know who knows. But I will tell you that the the sensitivity never goes away, and uh, you just become more uh, aware of um, the things to look for when it comes to this term energy. And um, you know when you're on the lookout for uh, spiritual residue or any type of uh, a lot of people think it's wacky weirdness. Uh, you know, you don't know how what, what, what to think about it. The older men get, the more dense a lot of guys get. You know, they literally, 
you know, you got to hit them in the head with a rock before they say, oh, a rock just hit me in the head. And I don't think anything of it. But the, and most of the women are the ones that, uh, you know, they're the ones with the intuition, mostly because of the men. But they're the ones that, you know, something happens, you know, sensory wise. And they, they, they say, oh, yeah, there was a, did you hear that? Or did you feel that? Or did you smell that? Or, you know. Do you think that, that they're more open to that because they're not trying to be tough, you know, and all that kind of thing? They kind of leave themselves open to it? Yeah, well, I, 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 I think that, uh, you know, the, you meet a lot more women in the spiritual energy world and in the world of, you know, shamans and the world of uh, cleansers. Um, you know, the priests do the same thing cleansers do, but not too many women are, are being priests anymore these days. Uh, but they seem to have a, a talent uh, for, for that. And, uh, you know, it, I, I don't know what to attribute it to, uh, whether they're being tough or not being tough, uh, but uh, they, they're the ones that usually end up in those types of uh, roles or careers. And, uh, you know, I've uh, been a ghost tour guide for the last 15 or 16 years. And, um, yeah, there's a lot more women than, than men in that. You know, most of the guys that are the ghost tour guides are the ones talking about history, you know, and not so much ghosts. And that's easy to do when you uh, live in a place like Ellicott City where there's a lot of both. But uh, history is a really significant part of a ghost tour. It should be, if you, if you ask me. But... Um, of course, there's there's lots to talk about in the world of the paranormal, uh, too. Um, so, you know, my my childhood wasn't any different than I think anybody else's. You know, I didn't I didn't have any weird. I didn't see any ghosts. You know, I didn't uh, I didn't even think about ghosts. Um, as a matter of fact, it wasn't until I was actually um, you, you know at, at, uh, giving tours uh, for uh, my employer and. Um, it was a much smaller place back in the 90s when I started doing this, or the early 2000s, I can't remember when, but um, one of the people on my tour was uh, a, a director of the, the tourism, and uh, she said, you know, you really give an awesome tour, you know, it's like, we, we don't usually get really good tours like this of, of anywhere, but, you know, I just happened to need a couple tour guides, are you interested in being a tour guide? And I was like, you mean, yeah, in Ellicott City? I'm sure I'll be, I'd, I'd love to see a script or, you know, follow somebody through, and she goes, well, actually, it's like a ghost tour guide and I said well yeah I could I, I'd give it a shot I'd give it a shot and you know I'm a I'm a renaissance guy I do a lot of different things and uh you know this was you know it's a it's a job that doesn't come with a minimum wage you know it comes with a per tour uh stipend uh plus tips but you come to realize uh pretty quickly that uh the better you are at being a tour guide uh the higher the tips are and it's a uh, it's a lucrative job if you have if you're a tour guide eight hours a day for several days a week you're you're making good money so for me, it was like a fourth job because, I, you know, I teach college. Um, I run, run some television channels. I restore old cars. You know, I'm a, uh, I'm, a, I'm a rifle and shotgun instructor. You know, I do a lot. I'm a, I'm a scout master. I do a lot of different things. And uh, this was just came at the right time. When I probably thought I needed a little extra money, you know, because who's going to turn down a couple extra dollars? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Plus, it's pretty fun to boot, and uh, a lot of the people that I met uh, were personal friends, and they were they'd been in the history business for a while. Um, at that point, I'd been in television for you know uh, five or six years, or seven years or so, and um, yeah, really fond of the history stuff. Really fond, and you know the Ellicott brothers doing what they did had started things back in the 1770s, but before that, you know the grounds were populated by Indians and English you know, and, uh, plantations. And it was a whole different world back in those days. But the one thing that no matter where you are uh, geographically, 
you never know what was there before you. Even if you're in a new building, you could be in a parking lot in Gettysburg where there was a, a very bloody battle. And sometimes uh, that plays out in uh, hauntings. So you you could you could experience haunting in a building um, for, from that perspective. Now, I haven't personally experienced uh, that type of thing, but I, I know other people that have. Um, there's people that are a lot more sensitive and a lot more uh, aware than I am. You know, when I put myself on the spectrum of of being able to spot a ghost, you know, I'm probably somewhere in the middle because I really believe a lot of people just completely can't and don't and don't want to. But other people uh, are really get immersed into it, and those are my line leaders on the ghost tours. There's yeah. the ones that <laughs> are like, "Hey, I'd really, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to ask you a million questions while we're walking along here." And uh, it reduces the word count, but at least, you know, I, I have somebody to do my tour for me, you know, because they're calling the shots. They're saying, hey, there's a ghost right there. And I'm like, oh, that's great. I don't even need my ghost detector app anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so people have actually seen things on your tours? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People really? people do see things. I mean, one of the, uh, the at the beginning um, of, the, of every tour, you know, we tell people what to look for. But that's, you know, to, to, to many, that's just a... You know, that's just a, it's just bait because they already know and then they know more than you do. Um, every once in a while, people like that. And anybody who's not listening to this, who's not familiar with Ellicott City, Maryland, it's got a, a really rich history. I mean, they've had some terrible things happen. A couple of really bad floods just within the last 10 years and uh, some really, even I know about some unusual deaths and, and accidents and things like that. So it's got a lot of history to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, not surprising you have a lot of people come through who, who are pretty well read on the top. Yeah, floods and fires, it's all concentrated in one of the most haunted areas in the world because of, you know, some geographical features, you know, some, uh, you know, the, 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 the archaeology, the stone there, the Ellicott Mills granite is uh, highly infused with quartz. So uh, it's the only outcropping in Maryland um, like it, and it's the oldest outcropping in Maryland. And uh, the rock, uh, as you know, um, healers and cleansers and Anybody who believes in power amulets or whatever it takes to repel or hold a charge, it's a piece of quartz. Uh, the frequencies uh, that quartz holds or passes, I mean, it's a, it's a, um, it's in all the rock, I and mean, the rock is in all the buildings. It's on all the streets, you know. Yeah, the buildings are all made of that stone, yeah. Yep, yeah, look at some granite. Does the water running right through town have anything to do with that, too? The water is, a, is another big reason why people uh, say the town's haunted as it is, because, uh, because Great civilizations always grew up on waterways, right? And Ellicott City's got water running, you know, left and right of Main Street. Under the buildings. Under the buildings in a race, uh, in in natural tributaries and springs, and aquifers in the rocks underneath all the buildings, and then the river, Patapsco River itself. Um, Yeah, it's a a highly saturated uh, area for for, uh, water and that rock. There's three. There's actually three and four reasons why the town stays haunted. Third is uh, that the, um, the the electricity is all running above ground, and I, I never could really explain that one as well as other people could. But um, it's in my script, so I told everybody that that you know the uh, the electricity, the something about the inductance and the and the and the, the way the energy flows, it keeps it, it keeps it moving somehow, and. Uh, that is noticeable too when you ride through town. The wires are just all over the place. If you stand in any particular spot, uh, especially down there by uh, where where side streets were, um, uh, the vodka fusion bar. What was it called? I can't remember the rumor name. I know what you're, the yeah, rumor mill yeah, used to be. Yeah. Um, but down there, and that's Hawley's Mill. That's an old grist mill. That's that's actually the first power plant in 
So it was also the first power plant in, uh, in in Ellicott City, where it generated enough power to power however many lights it took to light up Ellicott City back in 1905 or something like that. Yeah. So, um, but that particular area, if you stand there, has a ton, a ton of uh, electrical cables. So, um, it's also where a lot of people take a lot of pictures of orbs. You know, and if really? you believe that that's the type of thing you look for, uh, you know, on a ghost tour. Uh, the, the fourth and final reason why uh, they s- say Ellicott City is so haunted is for the antiques. And uh, this is where those who have pa- gone on before us um, have left us pieces of themselves. And uh, if, you, if you pass away in a room clutching something or you're particularly close to jewelry or a, a picture of yourself or your loved ones or a rope or for whatever reason, whatever it is, a vase, you know, you could uh, uh, a rocking chair. You know, if you pass away in a rocking chair, sometimes your energy sticks. You know, if you've got lots of people have different, re, you know, different opinions on what animates us as people. You know, you know, heaven and hell. There's a spirit. There's a there's a ghost. There's a, something in us that a soul that when we die passes along. You know, either it leaves our body, and if the, if that's true, then uh, you know, does it disperse? Does energy just disperse in, in every direction? Uh, does it aim for? Is it aim for something like heaven or hell? Or, um, you know, does it stick to things on its way out? And then, uh, you know, like, like your picture of vase or something like that. In Ellicott City, you know, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting the, <laughs> an antique Big store. Story, yeah. So there's, there's, a, there's a fourth and very good reason why, um, you know, the, the town is as haunted as it is. And um, I know cleansers, it's one of the first things they'll look for uh, when they walk into rooms. If something's not blatantly obvious uh, being haunted, uh, they'll find objects in a room that may have uh, energy attached to it that you might want to get rid of. Mm. It doesn't have to be, you know, not every haunting is bad either. I mean, there's places in your life, or, you know, in your uh, immediate area that where you're extremely happy uh, to be in, and that, that type of energy might exist there, you know, uh, or people that you're super attracted to for some reason, some unknown reason. Um, you know, you could have known them before, you know, pets, everything. I mean... Energy works in weird ways, and nobody really has a uh, uh, an answer. And a lot of people have been corrupted by the church, you know, especially <laughs> Catholics. I mean, oh my God, that's a, a religion that seems to hold a death grip on people. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying it's it's a bad a bad thing, but some of the things you're taught uh, are, are, are disturbing, especially you know the fact that you have to confess you know mean you know venial sins you know and sins are very you know, minor, and uh, I don't know. It's a it's it's a very close-minded uh, type of a of a of a of a of a life to have, and it sets you on a straight and narrow. And yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with my moral compass, but it's it's uh you know you know right and wrong. It's just it's just in your blood. You know you know you know what's good and what's bad. So at any rate, um, so now you now now you know the reasons why the town's so haunted. I mean, it's history. I mean, there's a lot of people that have come and gone you know, spiritually in that town and, um, anywhere else for that matter. You know, my mother lives in Gettysburg right on the battlefield on long lane. And that's a, uh, you know, her house, she says she's had a few experiences in there. And personally, I've never felt anything while I've been there. I never lived there, but I've visited several times. Is that the same house that you, you mentioned she would see the little girl? Is it the same house? No, no. That oh. was Albany, New York. Oh, okay. okay. Her, her grandfather's store. Uh, he, had a, he was a, an Italian from Italy, and they moved to, you know, into New York and st- opened a store. And, and they, you know, he, she, she lived there with her mother, you know, her single mom, um, until she was 
eight or nine, and then my grandmother found a new husband, and uh, and then life went on, and they moved down here to Baltimore. Now, the the kind of things that she's experiencing now, is it similar to that where it's more like I think it's called a, like a residual haunting, where it's more like a tape playing over and over again, or is there interactive type stuff? She's no, with? she's actually said uh, you know, and 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 here's where the two of us have come together on something, um, hearing a cork pop, you know, in her in her in her house. You know, you'll be you'll be sitting there watching TV or whatever, and you'll just hear, and it's just out of nowhere. And oh, repeatedly, like, yeah. It's happened more than once. It's happened more than once, yeah. <laughs> and so that that that's something. Uh, she's smelled uh, tobacco smoke uh, several times. She says from you know some remnant of a general. She says there's a general that lives in her house uh, or, or, or re- haunted her house and didn't like her being there. You know, their their energy just didn't work out. You know, he pushed her off a ladder one day. You know, while she was, you know, while she was hanging a picture, or doing something up on a, up on her cabinet. But if you look at the neighborhood where she lives, it's literally right in one of the bloodiest lanes on in Gettysburg, and that's the way a lot of neighborhoods are in Gettysburg, which is why the Park Service, you know, grabs the first the first uh, person to grab a house uh, and sell it and raise it is is the Park Service. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to bring the um, you know the battlefield back to the way it was and. You know, during the Civil War, oh, I didn't and know that. that. That includes, yeah, if, even if there's a 125 year old oak tree out there, that's gone. And if your house was a peach orchard, you know, that's what's going to be. It's going to be an orchard. <laughs> no kidding. I didn't know they were doing that. Yeah, that's pretty neat. That's been ongoing for a while. So, um, did your so when did your personal experiences start? I know you said you've had a couple of things happen. Did that kind of coincide with anything else that happened in your life when that began? Um, I gotta say no. I gotta say no. It doesn't really coincide with anything. Um, you know, my personal experience with with the spiritual world or with something that was abnormal, and, and I consider myself sensitive. You know, I'm I'm much more aware. And it, it started to happen after I became a, t- a ghost tour guide. I started to uh, you know, go with cleansers or go. You know, I was as I go to, on every ghost tour in the United States. Every town that I've ever visited, I've gone on a ghost tour. And so I'm, I'm looking for things. I'm listening for things. I'm listening for techniques. I'm, I'm going to a seance. You know, I'm, I'm I go to a cleansing. Uh, I was there on site when a shaman came, uh, some Huico guy to to cleanse an entire parking lot and building. And um, you just kind of, you just kind of look look for certain things. And it's it, it doesn't happen to me very often because, um, I don't invite it. You know, I really don't invite it. But it just kind of happens every once in a while. Uh, but but I don't refute it you know i actually i very much believe that there's something beyond us and whether it's trying to make contact with us or whether it's just playful or whether it's trying to possess us you know all that stuff is they're questions for somebody else because that's not how that's not how i dive you know i'm not going in that deep um you know i'm in this i'm not in the ghost tour guide club okay there's <laughs> i know there's a lot of us around the world uh, i'm not unionized i don't <laughs> Uh, I don't, I don't call anybody else, you know, my friends that are ghost tour guides, you know, we usually just hang out after a tour guide, a tour and drink beer. I have had several experiences, um, over the years, over the last 15 years. And that's culminated in a lot of other activities in my life. You know, I started a, a short series called a few odd minutes that's on YouTube. And there's probably a dozen shows about the places that I've, uh, I've been to and people, you know, firsthand stories from people who have seen stuff. So you know, when you when you're reading a script on a tour, on a ghost tour, I mean, these are all firsthand stories, and we're not taught to embellish. Okay, that's not something that you know I really get off on doing because I'm very much a realist. You know, I don't play a fantasy role 
ever. It's just fantasy is something I've never been a part of. So I try to stick to reality and I try to stick to what I've heard and what I know um, as best I can without, you know, laying it on too thick. And, and the media tends to do that. Obviously, you can watch, you know, Ghost Hunters or any show and the special effects are pretty wacky and, you know, they'll make you a believer out of you, you know, because of, because of what you're seeing and hearing. But, um, you know, my show doesn't do that. I might have a little wacky music at the front, but the people you meet are, are exceptional along the way. So I've, I've met, you know, a dozen, you know, dozens of, of folks who have had, you know, firsthand experiences with the uh, afterlife and uh, with ghosts that either haunt residually or they want to interact with mortals. You know, they want to be seen. Any number of reasons for people to stick around. You know, one I, I like to I talk about on my tours are, you know, the, the, the people that believe in hell you know, who, who have committed some crazy violent sin or, you know, not anything short of murder, you know, I don't know, but even if you did have kill somebody and you never confessed it, or if you did something horribly wrong to, you know, ruin somebody's life or you, you think because, you know, you didn't confess, you know, to a, to a priest, you know, something you did or, uh, you know, that now you're stuck with that. And, uh, you know, go to your dying breath saying, you know, I'm not going to hell, I'm not going to hell, you know, I'm not dying, I'm not going to die, I'm not going to die. And then, poof, you take your last breath and then you're stuck. You're stuck there because you, you don't want to move, you know, can't move forward. So a lot of that type of energy could be negative, it could be pesky, um, it could be, um, you know, it, 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 it's, it doesn't have to necessarily be bad, it's just stagnant. And that type of energy exists in a lot of places in Ellicott City. Um, the childish energy, the kids who died much too young age because, you know, child labor laws and, you know, who knew that mercury and cobalt and lead and, you know, chromium and all these, you know, chemicals they used in dyeing leather or textiles and, you know, you'd swim in the water and you just didn't, you just didn't know these kids, people died very young back in those days. I mean, before penicillin, I mean, dysentery, I mean, yeah, half the soldiers in the Civil War died because of that, not bullets, but leading leading non battle cause, if I'm not mistaken. Non battle right? cause, yeah, and uh, that same thing happened to the general public. So, uh, but little children haunt places as well. Sometimes the energy in a place is very playful. Uh, it's very kind of high spirited, um, and people who who come and go, who see this or witness it, you know, say the same thing. You know, a childish energy. You know, lights flipping on and off. Um, my locks in my cars. You know going wild you know up and down up and down up and down you know um like a little kid is playing with you um or you hear laughing and playing uh conversations um you know that sort of thing in uh in your basement and and you know on the floor somewhere you know it's a it's a popular um theme in some of the places in ellicott city you know just like it's popular to see orbs in certain places in ellicott city yeah there's a lot going on down there what, what, where were we? What did you ask me? Oh, you I, just just um, talking about some of your personal experiences, and and you know, I know you mentioned the sensitivity you've you've always had, and um, you know, was was kind of looking to see like when your when your personal activity started to pick up, and you mentioned it was a, uh, it was more about uh, or it seemed to pick up around the time you started doing the tours. Okay, really sort of immersing yourself in that world, right? So yeah, I can go tangent, like <clears throat> tangent, very easily, and yeah. I, sometimes no, it takes me forever to get back on track. I'm with you. I'm the same way. <laughs> There's a lot going on in my head. Um, the the you know it's always been there. It's always it's always been there. It's just become more obvious, and I've become more accepting of it. So in terms of being able to um, 
you know, pick something out or have an experience or witness an experience or know something's happening. It's from experience. I mean, it's, and it's, it's something that a lot of people just, you know, the, the mad scientists, you know, they're like, I don't believe in this stuff. There's no way it just doesn't happen. You know, we, everybody has their own reasons, but, um, when it happens, you, you have to acknowledge it. And whether it's, you know, smelling flowers when you're in the basement, and there's no flowers around, you know, Oh, the place used to be a funeral home. I didn't know that. And, you know, you're in the basement where the the flowers used where the bodies used to be kept and the flowers were down there or um you know you you hear you hear people walking up and down stairs or you hear a door slam or you know typewriter keys or some maybe something else you can't identify or you know these uh, mad electrical anomalies you know you're witnessing televisions coming on and off or lights blinking on and off and the, the smells you know you smell like a tobacco or perfume or like i said flowers or bacon and eggs cooking some of the some of the haunts in Ellicott City are um, haunts of old kitchens, and people say they smell breakfast being cooked. That's the Hayden House, actually, across the street from the Weir House up in the up in the court district area. Um, there's a cooking ghost that resides up there, and people have commented on that several times. Um, personally, I mean, I could go back a couple of weeks ago um, when I was at the junkyard. I literally, it had started to rain, and I was down there picking through an old 74 Ford F-250 that was a super rare bird to find in a junkyard. Um, finished getting my, my, my trim. It had, it was a crew cab. It had jump seats. It had stuff. It was a, it was a trailer special stuff. You just don't see if, if it was on the road, it would be worth 40, 50 grand easy. And, um, I was leaving that truck with my horde. I think I grabbed a compressor that day, but as it, as the rain was falling, I, I passed, uh, another burned out shell of a truck and this thing, I swear to God, was running, and I, as I got I past it, and I heard it, and I walked past it, and it got quieter, and I walked back to it, and and it's and I was like, is that the rain? You know, where, why isn't it over there, and why is it just here? And it was just a, a burned-out shell of an old Dodge Dakota or something like that. But I, I swear, it was running. I heard that truck running, and uh, you know, if you would think, you know, you never, you you, you know, I I. I I, I, this happens, and you know I have I know damn well I have my phone with me right there, and I could have pulled out and and shot a video, but it's just like it's so matter of fact. It's like oh yeah, it's, it was running. It's just it be, it's become so normalized that I don't even think that I should like document it for people that would never believe that. And when I went up to the uh, to the to the counter to pay for my stuff, I was like, man, you got a haunted you got a haunted uh, junkyard here. And, he, and the guy's like, what are you talking about? I said, there's a there's a truck running down there in row 88. And he said, he said, really? Because what, what what was it? I said, I, I think it was a Dodge or something. And and he was like, whoa. And he was, I mean, guy was like suddenly very terrified, and like I was the authority, and I never met this fellow before in my life. And uh, I was like, yeah, I should have taken a picture or something. And I literally went back a week later and took a picture of this truck. I went back to it, and it wasn't running, it wasn't raining, but it was something that just jumped out at me when I was there the last time. And these places are spooky anyway. They're like, they're literally like graveyards. You don't know what happened. You don't know, like, if somebody literally died in that. Yeah, I didn't look for hair or anything on the dashboard. No. <laughs> oh, geez. Good. Yeah. That's the last thing. I mean, you see biohazard, you see cars with biohazard on them, and you know there was a, it was a bad scene. And actually, I don't think they bring the really, really bad ones to the junkyard, but they might. Who knows? I don't know. But yeah, it's a, it's a spooky place sometimes. But, you know, even before that, my wife and I moved uh, to the area in the 90s, and uh, 
we lived in Columbia for six months, and it, you know the rent was like nine hundred bucks or something. It was ridiculous, but you know I had to live where I worked, you know, in the same county and nearby. Um, it didn't take long, you know. Six months later, my rent got jacked up, you know, thirty percent or whatever. They added another fifty bucks onto it, and we're like, "There's no way we can keep doing this." So, uh, writing's on the wall. We had to go out looking for a new place, and we found uh, Oella, which is the little town that land, the time forgot, uh, which is just outside of Ellicott City. And at that time, Charles Wagant uh, has had, had purchased the town, and he had been creating several award-winning ha- homes out of the old cabins and Sears houses in, in, that, in that area. And um, there was still Stone Row, uh, which only had two remodeled places. And Charles moved in and bought the town and uh, was very kind to the people who still lived there. I mean, uh, there were several of the tenants were, were, were uh, lived in their apartments, and also they had worked at the mill. You know, so the mill closed in 72, and these people were still remnants of, of the mill town. So they were ex-mill workers, and he respected, uh, he said, till death, you can stay in your place, and after that, you know, it's mine. And he never moved in before that, but he'd charge him, you know, three, four, two hundred dollars rent. And uh, when I moved into Stone Row, which was uh, one of those two rows that has been around since 1813, um, my rent was 375 And the lady living next to me was... 80 some 86 years old and she was uh you know the mother of several people who had worked at the mill she worked at the mill and the mill you know started back in the early 1800s too 1816 1817 something like that and then the guy living next to me his name was miller and he was he was a mill worker and uh yeah so was somebody else in the row and several other people in the neighborhood so we were there for a good 10 years and that place um that's when my dreams started to started to recur. I started to have very vivid dreams I would hear, but the dreams weren't of what I'm going to do the next day. These were dreams that were like happening around me, like in the house, um, hearing conversations, like going up the stairs to the attic and hearing talking and hearing conversations and hearing families and smelling fires and knowing very well that, that the whole place was, you know, that all the fireplaces were shut down and that there were no families living up in the attic. But I know back in the day, you know, uh, several families lived in like one of those little rows and I was experiencing several different, um, you know, over the years, uh, just the, the families that had gone there before me, I was think I was really in touch with that element. The other row was called Herring Hill, and at that time, I started to uh, work at the college, and um, funny, one of the shows I worked on was called On Location, and one of the sh- one of the shows we did were Ghosts in Howard County, and living in Oella, I met a lot of people who had firsthand experience with the spirits that, that you know, that dwelled in their, in their homes, and uh, my friend Jeff, he, uh, you know, he, he, frequently recounted the screams and staircase climbers that he heard in his his stone row which was which was called herring hill and um nothing nothing crazy just you know to him and his wife it was actually matter of fact it's just the people that would come over and say what is that what's that noise don't you hear that he goes yeah it's that's the, the ghost that lives upstairs and you know it's just it is funny but then the people would you know run out of the house and never come back um, at one point I, I went into one of the houses that hadn't been, um, that hadn't been, uh, restored, uh, with a, uh, a spiritual cleanser type of a guy. And he, we were just hitting houses that, uh, 
that had been um, vacated and that were slated for remodeling. And uh, he had been around a while. And uh, when I walked into this place, um, it was a summer day. It was probably July, 90 degrees. Um, no AC in there, obviously. It hadn't been touched. Um, but um, when I walked in there, my, my hand got super cold. You know, like I had lost all feeling in it. Like there was, a, you know, like you fall asleep and, you know, you wake up and it's like it's like that. Um, I didn't really say anything about it. You know, I just thought, you know, well, I don't know if it's, I'm having a health issue or whatever. But when I when we left and uh, it started to warm up again, I said, you know, something really weird happened back there. It was like since as soon as we walked in, my hand got cold. And he goes, well, there's there's a story that says this little girl lives in that place and she she'll you know hold your hand while you're walking around. And I was like, "Are you kidding me?" He said, "No, he wasn't. He wasn't kidding me at all." He said, "That was that's the, you know, the haunting that, that happens in that place." And I think she grabbed me when I got in there. So he was being serious. Another time, the the Oella Mills it, it's very expansive. I mean, it's huge. And before art galleries and before it became what it is now, which is all apartments, I mean, it was just a hollowed out shell. And you know, one wing had you know some guy's Corvette collection in it. There was uh, another, the guy I knew had a metal workshop. Somebody else had an auto shop down there. Um, he had this entire sp- cavernous space. And uh, it was over where, near where they used to keep vats of dye. And there were still some round, huge round, cont- I mean, there, the, this is notoriously where the textile mill kept its used dye. And this dye they used to pour into the river. As a matter of fact, they would blow sirens before they dumped it in the river to warn the people who were swimming or cleaning their laundry in the river so that you would know to get out. And um, that was back in the day when the mill was running up until 72. But apparently several people died, you know, around those vats or in those vats. And that place was super, super creepy. You know, like there's no gun or firepower that you have that you could overcome that type of creepiness. And one day he had a, 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 a you know, we, we'd go there all the time. Because um, right across the street from my house, and we became good friends. But he had a lot of friends, and some of his friends were indigenous uh, people. Um, which you know, back in the day, there were a lot of indigenous folks in this area. Um, but this guy came in, and he's like, "I can't stay another second in here because it's 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 there's so many there's so many so much negativity, so many negative spirits in here, and there's so much in there. They're all gone out coming at me at once, and I gotta leave." So he he literally left. And, you know, we're just down there doing our thing. And, you know, that was a time when one person's sensitivity outweighed mine by, you know, tenfold. But you, you kind of had a feeling down there, too, yourself. Yeah, though, well, but yeah. not you know, that intense. You feel, you feel it's kind of creepy. You get that creepy vibe. Hmm. But it's not enough to scare you away. This guy, his hair was standing up and he ran out. Wow. You know, so, you know, there's, you know, there's my ability and then there's somebody else's abilities. And his far, uh, you know, were superior to mine. I had that experience. Um you know, just in speaking with people who lived in Lawyers Hill, you know, the, the family who whose little boy was walking on their dining room table in one of the big rooms, you know, she said, uh, you know, he had a rope in his hand. And she was like, what are, you, what are you doing with that rope? And she goes, well, my friend Timmy wants me to come join him. And, I'm, you know, this is what he did and this is what I need to do. And literally, literally she found out, you know, that someone, uh, a child had hung himself in that room. Yeah, yeah. Time to move. Yeah. yeah. And so this kid was in direct contact with this spirit um, up there on Lawyers, Lawyers Hill. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that was one of the more terrifying ones. Um, 
what else happened? Well, we went up to Patapsco Female Institute when they were uh, restoring that building to get some stories about that. And some of the construction workers said that they would place rocks in their in their spots, like above um, windows. And what are those big rocks called? The, the, not the mantles at the bottom, but the ones at the top. And I forget what they're called. Oh, Plent- plentils or lentil lentils? L- l- not lentils. L- no, lentils. They're beans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lentils. Lentils. And these lentils would uh, they place them? But when they got there the next day, they'd be upside down and backwards, like somebody incompetent had put them there. So they, you know, they would, and nobody would get on camera and talk about this. But they'd be like, "Oh yeah, this 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 place is, it's still very haunted," you know. And to my knowledge. The only haunting that goes on up in that uh, at PFI was uh, the spirit of a girl who they say passed away from pneumonia up there. Um, you know, she she got sick. Um, she wrote her parents and said, you know, I don't want to stay here anymore. Come get me. They're like, no, we're not coming to get you. Um, she dies. She's one of only I think a one of one of one or one of two people that actually ever died up there. You know, and she's and her spirit haunts the staircase. And so you know, I learned about that, um, and then. Curiosity, you know, gets the best of you because ghosts tend, in my experience, for some ghosts tend to like smaller groups, you know, or they're they're much more likely. You're much more likely to experience something if you're with someone else or by yourself, you know. That's why, you know, you tell ghost stories, nobody believes you. It's like, yeah, it really happened. I was, it happened to me right there. Um, a friend of, uh, you know, I grabbed one of my neighbors and I said, we got to go back up here because this little girl haunts the steps and people say they see her all the time. And uh, there's other hauntings going on. There's lentils being put, you know, upside down and backwards. And um, let's go check it out. So we went up there totally sober and, uh, you know, went went onto the construction site. Um, If you're familiar with PFI, there's a huge staircase and some very impressive columns that are still there. And um, I was, you know, I was recounting my day to him and telling him what happened. And um, we were... um, walking around the property uh we walked to the stairs we walked back down the stairs and and we were about ready to go and i said well i said did you see anything he goes nope i didn't see anything did you see anything i was like nope i didn't see anything at all there's you know this must be you know a load of malarkey and at that very second a, a a limb falls out of nowhere and hits this bulldozer that was right in front of us and flies off and lands in this and there was no there was no trees above the bulldozer Yes, and this stick, this this limb, nobody could have physically thrown it there. It dropped from above and it landed. It hit this thing, hit this dozer, and then landed, and you know, to the side of it. And we were both like, "Oh my God, that's like that's a sign right there." Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's the perfect coincidence. I mean, I don't. There was no, there's no tree there, so we don't know where this came from. Um, a couple of weeks later, me and a, a couple, uh, a group of people, you know, my wife included, went up there. And, um, you know, we did the same thing. We did the tour of the grounds. We went inside. We went up and down the staircase. Anybody see anything? Nope, we didn't see anything. Ah, let's get out of here. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Get closer to the, you know, as we're leaving, um, this cat, this cat comes out of nowhere, puts itself right in front of our group and just does one of those. And then, and then runs away as fast as it can. I have never seen a cat before or since then do that. But that's... Square God, that happened to us that night. Stop going there, man. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's trying to tell you something. <laughs> Stay away. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've been there several times since then. Have you? <laughs> yeah. Um, but so that, that those are you know some of my in terms of experiences um, with with 
with the television channel, I think you know, we were we were covering um, Michelangelo's cottage as well, and we did an interview with the woman who owned it at that point. And uh, she said, "Yeah, she said we get we get uh, you know hauntings inside Michelangelo's cottage. Are you familiar with that? No, Michelangelo. It's the one that looks like a co- like a like a, a castle. They call it a castle. So you come down Frederick Road and look, come to the city, and you see it. Boom! It's right up there above the railroad tracks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's been there since the eighteen twenties, late eighteen twenties, early eighteen thirties, and it was built uh, to look like a cottage inspired by a castle inspired by Michelangelo, and that's why they call it Michelangelo's cottage. But um, she said, "Yeah, we, you know, we have these these, you know, lights flicker, and we you know we hear things, but nothing." Uh, she goes, this, this, the windows open and close sometimes. And my friend and I that were there, um, recording it, you know, she, all the, all the shutters were open, all the windows were, were, were closed. And, um, we, we, we said, okay, well, we're going to go, we finished our interview with her and then we went across, uh, we went out to the van and, and then said, well, we're going to get some shots of this place from across the, the street, uh, across the river, because you can see it from Oella Avenue. So we went down Church Street down Frederick Road went up to Oil Avenue and and parked the van got the camera all the shutters in the house were closed and that <laughs> was just too weird because she didn't do that you know she you know she didn't shut every shutter in the house but they were all closed when we got up there and they were all open when we were doing our interviews and so, that's a time span of like what like eight nine minutes really yeah from the time we left to the time we got across the river and up up Oil Avenue yeah. <laughs> So that was a little weird. Okay, well, that's going to be about all the time we have for today. Uh, And, Tony, we've talked before. I know you have a lot more to tell. Um, I think what we're going to do is do a part two. We'll have you back for another one. Thank you. It's It's been a real pleasure to be here. You know, I'm out of water, but I do have a lot more to talk about. So... Um, you know, I'll, I'll be back. I'll be back again to, to tell you more about maybe the, my series, a few odd minutes, and maybe a few more personal stories. We'll see. Awesome. All Thank right. You. We'll talk soon. Thanks, man. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate you it. You bet. My pleasure. Well, I thought it was a very lovely story, and you tell it so well with such enthusiasm. I want you to know it's over. Well. Bye.